Sienna has come and gone from my life countless times. When I was a child, on Sundays with my parents, we would go to Siena, just for a walk, and especially in winter, we'd stroll along the main street from the historic city of the Monte dei Paschi Bank to Piazza del Campo, and we were surrounded by the most elegant dressed people I'd ever seen. The roasted chestnuts vendors at the corner of Piazza della Posta was always a favorite stop. Those chestnuts were not just delicious, they would warm my hands as I looked at the shimmering storefront windows. Siena was beautiful and shimmering. I studied in Siena. This is where my century-old university was, in a 14th century building with the most fascinating library, full of quiet corners and lost rooms. My daily commute was by bus. It would take me from the countryside, from my little town of Collevaldelsa, to Piazza Gramsci, just at the edge of Siena's historic town center. Every morning, in the first hours of the day, bathed by that unique light, that spectacular silhouette of the Duomo and San Domenico Church greeted me before I stepped on the bus to run breathlessly to class. I felt very, very lucky. Before starting this new episode, I want to thank you for all your comments and feedbacks on our podcast. You are listening to us from the United States, Italy, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, Germany, the Netherlands, Belgium, I see you regular, France and Sweden. These are the countries where most listeners are, but raise your hand if, you, if I didn't mention your country or your town. If you don't want to miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Then, if you are enjoying cooking with an Italian accent, please consider rating and reviewing the show if you are listening the podcast on iPhone. It would help us enormously to be discovered by other food lovers. Last but not least, remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start. Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, JulesKitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. Welcome to Cooking with Antenna Accent, episode 18. Today's theme is Siena, a medieval city, my university town, the place where we love to go out during the weekend or for a special midweek dinner. This is a special episode inspired by the Siena with Gusto Foodie Guide we recently published for Travel with Gusto. Our friend Maria Chiara involved us in this project about a year ago and we fell head over heels with this idea. Travel with Gasto is a reference point for food travelers. Maria Chiara truly believes that food travelers always remember the places where they have been. How not agree? My first soft bun in Bulis, Dublin, 18 years ago. My first arancino in Sicily with my best friend Laura, immediately followed by a coffee granita with whipped cream. The oysters I slurped down during my honeymoon in Scotland. I remember those meals and, as a consequence, I remember all those places with minute details. Travel with Gusto was created for people who are looking for unforgettable experiences and don't want to be disappointed by the food eaten during their trips. 
It publishes guides and gastronomic tips written by the best Italian and international food writers. All the food guides are available on ebook, either on Kobo or Amazon Kindle, and you can find also a Florence with Gasto and a Rome with Gasto guide too. We cooperate with Maria Chiara in the big project, but we immediately asked her if we could also write a guide on Siena, as we believe that you can really explore this medieval town with a unique perspective, following the traces of spices, wild boar ragu and pecorino cheese. So follow me, today we are going to Siena. For some years after my time at university, when I was changing jobs and trying to find my place in the world, my relationship with Siena was conflicted. On the one hand, I tried every way possible to get back there, to find a job that would allow me to pass my days among its medieval walls. On the other hand, I was charmed by the call of Florence. Florence, where I met Tommaso, where I fell in love. The rest is history. Oddly enough, it was my love for a Florentine man that led me to rediscover Siena in recent years. Tommaso was at first curious to explore Siena, but later it won him over with his medieval charm, to the extent that now he prefers Siena to Florence. I don't belong to Siena as I don't belong to Florence. I'm a country girl, but I learned to appreciate their different characters. The first, medieval, with his life revolving around the Contrade and the Palio. The second, shining in its Renaissance glory. I live happily in between Siena and Florence. There are days when I crave for the Florentine life, the walks along the Rando River, and the lively life of Santo Spirito and San Nicolò. Other days where I feel attracted by Piazza del Campo, the red bricks of Siena and the grilled meat feast you can enjoy during a dinner in a local contrada. Forget about the hipster bars and four shabby chic of Instagrammable places. Here, in Siena, you will find restaurants carved from tufa caves, bakeries that follow a seasonal calendar with an ongoing cycle of traditional desserts, and a Christmas market in Piazza del Campo, whose atmosphere transports visitors several centuries back in time. Siena will always feel like home to me. It's actually the only city I can navigate without a map and not get lost. Not surprisingly, my Siena landmarks are the town's bakeries, bars, and pastry shops. So where to start to explore Siena together? We start with a list. A list is always a good idea. A list of the 10 food specialties you don't want to miss when you visit Siena. The first one, Papa al Pomodoro. We already talked in details in a past episode about this dish. Despite sharing a name, the Florentine and the Sinese versions of Papa al Pomodoro do not resemble each other. The first one, the Florentine version, is red with tomatoes, while the Sinese version is usually paler with less tomatoes. The base ingredients are the same and very simple. Stale bread, good extra virgin olive oil, garlic, basil and ripe tomatoes. I always say that my favorite papal pomodoro is the papal pomodoro I make at home with my bread and the tomatoes from my garden. But if I want to go out and eat a good papal pomodoro, my choice will be Futura Osteria in Abbadia Isola. It's a little village on the Via Francigena, not far from Siena. Their papal pomodoro is velvety smooth with no olive oil added until the last moment when it's served. The second food specialty you don't want to miss when you are in Siena, it's pisci pasta. Pisci are thick spaghetti, kneaded and hand-rolled, maybe just with flour and water. It's a very poor recipe, there are not even eggs inside. This pasta is typical of Valdorcia, Vallichiana, Chiusi and Amiata. It is often served all'aglione, 
It is a savory tomato sauce flavored with garlic, with aglione actually, it's an elephant garlic, a delicate and, as the name suggests, enormous type of garlic, which is from Val di Chiana. The best place to try this dish is in a sagra, which is a food fair, such as the one held in Celle sul Rigo. When I'm in Siena, though, I adore the pisci at Sosta di Violante, because they serve their pisci with a hand-cut pork neck meat sauce, which is so comforting and delicious. There's another food specialty that you don't want to miss in Siena, and that is Pienza Pecorino cheese. Pecorino is the most typical cheese in Tuscany, it is made with sheep milk, but the pecorino made in Pienza is probably the most famous and appreciated. In Siena, pecorino is quite often present in large mixed plates and is usually paired with jams and Italian mostardas. If you want to try some cheese, some very good cheese and included pecorino, you have to stop at Gino Cascino. It's a very nice place in Piazza del Mercato, very close to Piazza del Campo, and there you can taste their cheese board, artisanal beer, homemade sauces for the cheese. It's a fantastic place for a quick lunch or even for an aperitivo. Then there's another product uh, which is famous in Siena, and it is Cinta Senese. It's a local breed of pig. It dates back to the Etruscan times. Whether loin or ham, sliced fillets or roast, This tasty, juicy local pork meat is a must-try on any menu. If you try it, you won't forget it. You can try the prosciutto di cinta at Pretto and the fillet at Bagoga. You can taste various cured versions while visiting the Christmas market in Piazza del Campo. Or, if you want to drive for about half an hour from Siena, you can also treat yourself to a cinta senese tasting at Casamonti Farm. After cinta senese, another food specialty. This time is game meat, wild boar. Wild boar is a regular feature of both casual osteria and gourmet restaurants in Siena. It has been part of the local food tradition since the Etruscan era. You can find wild boar on a menu, as a traditional stew, or even as a sauce for pisci or tagliatelle. If you want to try a very good wild boar, you will either visit my grandmother or you can go at Taverna di San Giuseppe in Siena. There's another food specialty I really like, and it's burrito, but also soppressata. In Tuscan tradition, no part of the pig is ever wasted, and for centuries, scraps from the butchering have been transformed into different types of cured meats. Try, for example, soppressata. It's made from pieces from the head, tongue, and rind of the pig, and it's seasoned with spices that vary depending on where you are in Tuscany, but usually include salt, pepper, garlic, lemon, and orange peel. Another specialty from Siena is a cured meat which is called buristo. It's a bold and unusual sausage. The processing entails boiling pieces of the pig head with lemons, orange peel, sage, garlic, salt and pepper. And then these are packed in blood and fat. I know the description is not appealing, but the flavor is fantastic, especially when the buristo is slightly warmed and served with bread. Buristo and soppressata are usually available in Siena food shops, like Alleanza or Morbidi. Or you can find them at wine shops such as Bob and Davide. And they often include buristo and soppressata in their mixed charcuterie boards. Now, our last four food specialties, they are all sweet treats. They are all seasonal sweet treats. Let's start with Panforte. This is a unique bread that is back to the Middle Ages. It was first made in monasteries to give on special occasions, but the production later passed to apothecaries, as the Panforte ingredients include sugar, almonds, candied fruits and spices that were as precious as gold. This dense, spiced, nut-filled specialty bread has become the symbol of Siena. 
So where can you buy it? You can purchase Panforte, ready-made, from shops like Buti, Pasticceria delle Campane and Manganelli. In Manganelli, you can also buy the ingredients to make Panforte at home. So there you will find measured quantities of almond, canned fruit and spices. And they will give you also their famous recipe. Of course, the mixture of spices is secret. So they will give you spices, but you are not able to understand which is the right proportion of every spice inside this mix. So the other um, food specialty are ricciarelli. Ricciarelli are a crossing between a small pastry and an almond cookie. They feature a dusting of powdered sugar on top with a soft inside that melts in your mouth. They have a striking aroma of bitter almonds. Ricciarelli date back to the 15th century, when Siena was very famous for almond paste production. The Ricciarelli made at Menchetti, at the Consorzio Agrario, they basically fly off the shelves. Today, Ricciarelli also come in a dark chocolate-covered version. Taste them at Pierini or Forno delle Campane. After Ricciarelli, Cavallucci. Cavallucci are Siena's most traditional Christmas cookie. They are not elegant or photogenic. They like the bright colors, the icing, the sugar sprinkling we expect from a Christmas cookie. They are round, rustic, flowery and lumpy. But at the first bite, you get the warmth of spices and a rich nuttiness. You can try them at Forno delle Campane or even at Panificio Alimentari San Girolamo. And now the last food specialty I want to mention is Panco Santi. Panco Santi means bread with saints. And in this case, the saints are raisins and walnuts. Panco Santi is a traditional Tuscan sweet bread, which is made with sugar, raisins and walnuts. And is usually um, produced in between October and mid-November. You find it in bakeries and shops. While each local bakery produces its own version, the Panco Santi at Il Magnifico Bakery has become so popular, they've started making it all year round. After this list, I want to give you an idea for an itinerary for a day spent in Siena. And this itinerary is based, obviously, on the best spots to eat and shop for food. Let's start with an Italian breakfast. Standing at the counter, sipping your coffee and grabbing a pastry. And let's go to Caffè Fiorella, which is also very close to Piazza del Campo. I drink the best coffee in Siena at Caffè Fiorella. It is both a coffee roasting enterprise and a coffee house, which has also a range of breakfast items for you. Italian croissants with various fillings, donuts, rice puddings for those with a sweet tooth, but dainty sandwiches are also something you have to try. I also like the milk rolls filled with butter and salmon or anchovy paste, or a most traditional milk roll with prosciutto crudo or prosciutto cotto. You can choose a classic Italian coffee, to taste there, or you can choose one of their special blends. Fiorella also sells coffee beans or grounds, so you can take home the aroma of toasted coffee and a Sienese breakfast. If you are exploring Siena and want just a quick lunch, my choice will be Tecchevoi. It's very close to Piazza del Campo, on the San Pietro alleyway. You find this small place with a few tables, some are facing on the piazza, while others are grouped along this little alleyway for some nice people watching. But let's have a look at their menu selection. Hamburgers made with local Chianina beef, cheese from local producers, fragrant bread, proper French fries, charcuterie and cheese boards, but also pizza and fried dough. It's a very casual place, where customers set the tables themselves after ordering at the counter. There at the counter, they will ask you with a Tuscan accented voice, take a voi, which is both the name of the place and also the translation of, of what do you want 
now you can spend your afternoon walking in Siena, admiring the Piazza del Campo, the beautiful Duomo, the Santa Maria della Scala Museum. If it's the right moment of the year, you can also admire the Duomo uh, floors. They are not open every time. Check on the website. It is an unforgettable experience. Do you want to make some food shopping? There are many shops I'd like to suggest you, but um, the place where I stop every time I'm in Siena is the Consortio Agrario. It looks like a small supermarket, but this store is ideal for sourcing local products like Tuscan bread, local wines, extra virgin olive oil, pasta, which is made with Siena wheat, cookies, stone ground Valdorcia flour, legumes, cured meats from Tenuta Spannocchia, fresh meats, and other traditional items. Look for the artisanal chocolate made by Le Folie di Arnolfo, which is in Colle Valdelsa, in my town. Here you can also pick up hearty sandwiches to go, including one with porchetta, which is very, very nice. There's also a bakery inside, the Menchetti Bakery, where you can buy not only the typical Tuscan bread and other kinds of bread and delicious focaccia and pizza, but also some of the best ricciarelli in Siena. Now, a quick aperitivo before dinner. Head back towards Piazza del Campo and take a seat at Liberamente Osteria. It is a cocktail bar with a special view. It's ideal for watching the world pass by. They make excellent classic cocktails and mocktails, and they are accompanied by platters of carefully selected local products. The same care is taken with the choice of wines, liquors, mixers, using their cocktails. Try their weekly spritz options, for example. They are inspired by the changing seasons. It's a great excuse to return to Liberamento Osteria at every given occasion. And now, let's talk about dinner. If you feel like having a traditional hearty dinner in an osteria, my choice would be La Sosta di Violante in Via Pantaneto. This is probably one of my favorite restaurants in Siena. It's my go-to restaurant when I'm craving traditional Tuscan cooking that is never boring. It's made with quality ingredients and good dose of comfort food. Um, if I had to choose one dish to order every time I come here, it would be, without hesitation, the pisci pasta with a knife-cut capocollo meat sauce. It's hearty, filling, it brings you immediately joy. Aside from the pisci pasta, dishes like pappa al pomodoro with cinta senese pork cheek and the cacio e pepe risotto with crumbled cinta senese sausage are two of my favorite dishes. If you are looking for a restaurant to celebrate a special occasion instead, book a table at Salefino in Piazza del Sale. The atmosphere is welcoming and lively with wooden tables, vintage furnishings, soft lighting, candles. Can you imagine it? You'll be greeted with a gin and tonic to start things off well. The dining room is run by young people, grown up together at Salefino, who will explain the menu and ingredients. The menu here does not distinguish between starters, first courses, or second courses, but rather presents the chef selections, about 20, to be paired with the daily specials, and you can see at the blackboard for those. And then the wines and craft beers. Salefino offers traditional Tuscan Sienese cuisine, but also unusual, little unknown ideas and ingredients. It's a modern and open philosophy. There are also fish and vegetarian dishes, so this restaurant is perfect for everyone. Now, to call this a day, what about an after-dinner stroll and a gelato? I choose the gelato at Gelateria La Mandorla in Via Ramollia. This is an artisanal gelateria with Calabrian roots. They also make pastries and granitas. Among the flavors to try, for me, there are almond, of course, as well as pistachio gelato made with the special Bronte di Opistatus variety and ricotta with candied fruits and cannolo shell. 
Agatha asked me on Instagram where to get a cannolo here in Siena. Let me start saying that the best place is in Sicily, <laughs> not in Siena, as pastries as everything else related to food are very local in Italy. So if you really want to have a cannolo, I suggest you to try here at La Mandorla or in Colle Valdezza in my town at Pasticceria Barone. They also ask me on Instagram when is the best period to visit Siena. I tend to answer October to this question for almost every area of Tuscany, as the countryside shines with the brightest colors. The weather is usually warm and sunny with colder nights which cover the hills with a misty blanket in the morning. Most importantly, you get into the low season, so you are likely to find less tourists crowding museums, streets, shops and restaurants. Siena makes no exception for this. Yet, if you are adventurous and if you can stand the summer heat, July and August are months where you can enjoy the festive atmosphere of the Palio of Siena. And it's really, really a unique time of the year to visit Siena. Then if you, like me, are a market lover, don't miss the market in Siena. Each Wednesday morning, there's a market in Fortezza, in the area of the Fortezza. It's a typical Italian market, so you find there clothes, shoes, flowers, pots and pans, and food, of course. But for food, my favorite is the one that you can find every Friday morning in the same area. It's the local farmer's market. And here you can buy wine, olive oil, honey, fruit and vegetables, cookies and bread, fresh herbs, and pecorino cheese. On a side note, don't forget that if you love markets, our book from the markets of Tuscany, a cookbook, is perfect for you, as it is a guide to the best food markets of Tuscany, their food and recipes. We talk about this book and some of my favorite food markets in the sixth episode, so don't miss that. Well, that is all for the moment about Siena. On our travel with Gasto Guide, though, you can find tips and stories about the best places to enjoy an espresso about bakeries and gelato shops, traditional restaurants and fancy dining places, food shops and pizzerie, with an insight on day trips from Siena, towards Chianti, Valdorcia and even Valderza, my town. If you're planning a trip to Siena, don't miss our guide, you'll find all the references in the episode show notes, or just send us an email if you have more questions. Word of the day. Learn Italian language of food word after word. Every year, more than 200 people join our cooking classes. Speaking with them, I made a small dictionary of important words and pronunciations that can help you navigate through the immense world of Italian food. So if you love Italian language as much as you love Italian cooking, these are a few words that can be useful for you. Today's word is ricciarelli. I told you, if you visit Siena, you can miss the ricciarelli a cross between a small pastry and an almond cookie. The spelling is R-I-C-C-I-A-R-E-L-L-I, Ricciarelli. They are especially baked around Christmas time, so they are a good excuse to visit Siena in winter. This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. If you have questions about Siena and its food, or if you want to tell us about an experience you had there, share it with me via email or with a post or a story on Instagram using the hashtag cookingwithantelianaccent and tagging Jules Kitchen. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast. 
and share it with your friends. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode's show notes. Don't forget to visit Jules Kitchen for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Thank you.